On a beautiful run through the park on a pleasant day, you can easily get lost. No, no, no! She didn't kill him. Huh? In your true crime podcast. It was the pool guy. So obvious. Whatever motivates you works for us. It's all about letting your run be your run. And Brooks is here for every runner, doing the research and sweating the details to create gear that works for you. It's your run. Brooks, run happy. Hello and welcome to the Ice Guys, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. This is the show that takes you to the world of the National Hockey League. Every game, every day, from a sports betting perspective. With pro handicappers Alex B. Smith, Andrew McKinnis, and Ian Cameron, and veteran sports writer Jimmy Murphy. And now, here's your host, Ian Cameron. Welcome to the Ice Guys, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Wednesday, January 19th, Ian Cameron, Alex B. Smith. Uh, Wednesday NHL slate to break down with three games, two of them on national TV. We got a TNT doubleheader, Leafs, Rangers, Avalanche, Ducks. Uh, so we will talk about those two in the games and the other game being Arizona uh, and New Jersey. Uh, we'll break it down for you in just a second. But first, we'll look back on last night, a busy Tuesday as it always is uh, around the National Hockey League. We start in Boston where, you know, the Willie O'Ree ceremony was phenomenal. It was extremely well done by the Boston Bruins. Uh, unfortunate that due to COVID circumstances, Willie O'Ree couldn't be present at TD Garden, couldn't make the uh, trip uh, to Boston. Again, precautionary reasons. He's an older gentleman, uh, and obviously, you know, health uh, comes first. But still, virtual ceremony that was done for him. His speech was very eloquent. Just a really, you know, salt of the earth, humble, you know, man is what Willie O'Ree was. And we have certainly saw that. Great ceremony to honor him. Very well deserved as well. Uh, a groundbreaker. Uh, if you will, uh, in the National Hockey League for sure in the late 50s and early 60s with the Bruins. So great ceremony for him starting the game, prior to the game. Then it was all downhill from there uh, for the Boston Bruins after that. I mean, just a dreadful first period. They get behind 5-1. They do not recover, obviously. You're very rarely going to see Carolina cough up a lead like that, uh, and they cruise to a 7-1 to victory. Really, it was just horrendous puck management. It was defensive blunders and gaffes all over the place, and it was just rather stunning to see uh, just how poor it was for the uh, Bruins in that first period. And when you you know dig yourself a hole of four goals uh, in terms of the deficit after the first period, you're not going to be able to come back uh, against a team the caliber of the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. So credit there to Carolina in that one with a 7-1 to victory uh, over the uh, Boston Bruins. Tuka Rass, not a great night for him, but he didn't get a lot of help either uh, in that game. Ended up getting pulled uh, early on. Buffalo Sabres, wow, a, a very impressive, stunning win just based on the circumstances. You know, back-to-back on the road, third and four nights. Ottawa playing some good hockey, and uh, they stunned the Sabres 3-1. to one. Very solid performance in net from uh, the kid, Michael Hauser. was very good uh, for uh, Buffalo in that game, leading them to a, a sizable underdog win uh, against Ottawa. 4-3, Washington comes back to beat Winnipeg uh, in overtime. Much-needed win for Washington, who've been struggling of late. The Islanders add to the Flyers' woes. 4-3 with a shootout win. Vancouver Canucks, great end of the road trip. Two straight wins against Washington and Nashville after a rough three games through those that gauntlet that is Tampa Bay, Florida, Carolina. They lost all three of those games, the Canucks, but they rebounded uh, to beat Washington and Nashville last night, uh, 3-1. to one. Uh, Calgary slowing down the wagon that is the Florida Panthers. The wagon came to a stop last night uh, for the Panthers. Uh, great performance. The bag skate, 
from Daryl Sutter worked uh, and Calgary gets the uh, 5-1 win against uh, Florida uh, after a dreadful performance against Ottawa at home. Calgary follows it up with probably their best game of the year, certainly their best game of the new year here in 2022, getting that 5-1 win against a red-hot Panthers team. Fun game with Tampa and L.A., 6-4. The Lightning survive a very game effort from the Kings, although the Lightning the losing bodies on the back end a little bit as that game went on. L.A. feisty, but Tampa Bay just too much, as they often are, and they get the 6-4 win. And how about Montreal as a huge underdog against Dallas? Where was this Love against it. Arizona? I'll never know, but <laughs> they showed it against Dallas last night, a 5-3 uh, win for the uh, Canadians. Um, hard-working effort from them, and by far the best game of the year from Samuel Montembeau. Not even close. Uh, very, very strong in net last night for the Canadians. His best game uh, of the season. Now, the question with him is he hasn't had many great games. Is this just a blip on the radar, a one-off, or can he parlay this kind of performance last night into something consistent moving forward but give Montreal credit uh, definitely it's been a rough go they finally get on the win column and boy all of a sudden I'm hearing firing rumors for Rick Bonus for Dallas I'm hearing that they're kind of starting to circle a little bit and the uh, hot seat is cranking up on him a little bit uh, because look these, they've been terrible on the road but you at least thought coming back home where they've been lights out they've been terrific against you know a horrible Montreal team having a brutal season they'd bounce back and they didn't do that. So uh, definitely the seat hot seat is getting hotter for Rick bonus right now uh, in big D uh, Alex, I will bring you in. What did you think of the uh, games we saw on Tuesday night? Yeah, well, we'll start off with, uh, with the Bruins game last night, of course, like I said, just a, an incredible ceremony that they had for Willie O'Reilly. Like I said, very unfortunate. He wasn't able to be there. And uh, you know, I, I wasn't on the show yesterday, but I kind of wanted to talk about how I really feel the networks dropped the ball not having that game on TV. I think that would have been a great moment, especially the day after Martin Luther King Day to, uh, you know, there's so many people here. That wasn't even US. on NHL Network, Alex, that game? No, no. It, it was the, they showed the ceremony on NHL.com, and that was free to view, but, but the rest of the game wasn't. And uh, it's, it's just really unfortunate. There's so many people here in the United States and around the world that don't know the story of Willie O'Ree. Uh, and they did a great job in telling you. I just wish it had reached out to more people. I've retweeted it and reposted on Facebook as often as I, as I could last night. So, uh, and then that the rest of that game, incredibly unfortunate for the Bruins is they just didn't show up. And you can kind of tell if you were watching that ceremony, you could see the players getting a little antsy like they normally do for these ceremonies. We always talk about at the beginning of the year, uh, you know, you get out of your routine a little bit when you have that bit of a, of a delay. And it was only a 20 minute ceremony, but still that was enough to where Carolina was ready to roll. Boston simply wasn't. And for me, I was happy getting my over five and a half cash in the first 20 minutes. So that was a, a nice, nice one, but a, a bad performance for, for Boston. You wonder if they're going to be able to bounce back tomorrow in their, in their next uh, contest. That Tampa Bay LA game was really frustrating for me. I had the first period over only get one goal in the first 20 minutes and then nine goals after the rest of the way so yeah and so somebody just mentioned it in the chat too we're definitely seeing that trend come back again where if you're not cashing your first period over sometimes you can get a half unit back but betting live that second period over because teams are starting to opening up a bit more they're trying to control the pace early and then things open up late and and we see that wave happen throughout the year we talk about how some teams want to start off fast then slow down Now's that time of year, especially we're heading to get closer to the all-star break where those things kind of flip-flop a little bit. And then once the guys get rest again, you know, <laughs> planned rest, of course, you know, we've had teams be off with the, the COVID layovers. But uh, that's when we tend to send the tide turn again where, where there's more speed early and things taper off late. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. All I right, agree. Andrew, what did you think of last night? How did it go? 
It was a pretty good night. You know, I haven't been a, a dog player that much this year in the NHL, but I had the Hurricanes, I had the Canucks, uh, and, you know, I, it was a couple couple bad days for me on the show as far as best bet goes here on the Ice Guys. So happy to get back in the win column with that uh, Kings and uh, and Bolts over, Ian. And, you know, a, a win like that feels nice, you know, and not just getting the six goals, getting, a, you know, ten goals on an over five and a half. So, uh, you know what, I'll say this, though, to get a little, a little bit of a rant. How about the Ottawa Senators getting absolutely juiced up overnight, guys, waking up in the morning? They end up closing around minus 210, 220. I bet them live when they went down one nothing. Batherson ties it up, makes it 1-1. And that game-winning goal, of course, as we all probably know, whatever side you were on, you were happy with the no call or or you weren't. Uh, you know, they've got like eight guys lying on the ice, and all of a sudden someone finds the puck, puts it in, and they call it a good goal. Uh, uh, you know, no whistle blown on the ice. So very, very, very weird uh, game there. But uh, I guess it just goes to show Ottawa shouldn't be, um, you know, they, they shouldn't be minus 200 against uh, you, Alex, and I on the ice, uh, let alone anybody else. So uh, that was very interesting. Vancouver, look, they had a very, very tough schedule after the after the week, the week off, you know, like Washington, some really tough teams. And now to go ahead and, and beat a good team like Nashville, it was kind of funny yesterday on the show. I would I would have been embarrassed if, if, if Vancouver didn't win that for me after I told you guys uh, that, you know, I'm, I was wrong about Nashville and then I go ahead and get a bet against them again. Uh, but I was happy to see them. And I think that Vancouver's defense is playing really, really well right now. And I just wanted to say, um, I agree with Alex. That should have had more publicity yesterday. Um, there was actually something close to home, uh, which I'm very disappointed in. Um, and I'm sure, I'm not sure if you guys might have seen this on social media, but I take a lot of pride from where I'm from in the Maritimes. And there was a team from Nova Scotia, from Halifax, that went to Prince Edward Island to go play. Actually, uh, the Halifax Hawks, a team that uh, all my friends grew up playing on. And uh, apparently there were fans in the stands and, and some players or something like that. And at the hotel, there were racial slurs or some type of thing that was said. And that that organization will now they said we're not bringing our team any team from our club to you guys for the rest of the season and it's just horrible to see and i just want to say i was aware that that stuff goes on um but when it's close to home you know that's the kind of stuff that hurts the most because you you know i'm not saying it's acceptable elsewhere by any means uh and i don't want to get that twisted but when it's something close to home like that it's like man i love where i'm from i take so much pride where i'm from and you know i i i you know, I, I'm sorry for the rant, guys, but you know, to see PK Subban um, post him on his Instagram page, not just his story, and see all these players, um, you know, I just yeah, you tip my hat to to this goaltender, you know, for being as young as he was. The the support that I saw something every single player for the next couple games he had back home in Halifax from the opposition skated down during warmups, you know, gave him a little head tap and a tap on the pads, and it, it warms my heart. So. Um, you know, everybody belongs in this game. And uh, just wanted to say that because it, it actually makes me kind of emotional thinking about that happening. And it's just, it's horrible. So uh, the game is for everybody. And and you look at even, look at the top 10 draft picks, guys, from next year. Seven out of those 10 top 10 prospect, uh, prospects are Europeans. I mean, the whole thing where, uh, you know, oh yeah, this is a Canadian game or whatever. This game is meant for everybody, you know, race, skin color, ethnicity, where you're from in the world. Hockey yeah. is growing, you know, and I couldn't believe yeah. that to find out that seven 
out of the 10 top prospects for next season, guys, are from Europe. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, definitely. It's it's one. It's. I gotta ask, I like, did you guys hear that story that I'm talking about? And high five. That's the first I, I time I'm hearing about it. I hadn't, yeah. and maybe it's because it's you know it's Maritimes and it's junior high. I it's junior it, it made national news, you know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's unfortunate. Obviously, it doesn't matter what level of hockey you hear a story like that. It's it's horrifying, and you don't want to see or hear anything like that take place. It's 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 all about you know we want to be a welcoming sport. You know, hockey is for everybody, right? Ethnicity, gender, nationality, all of that skin color doesn't matter. And uh, if you can play and you're good and you want to play, you should be allowed to play. You should be given the freedom. No one should ever, you know, make you feel like you don't belong there, or don't deserve to be there. Uh, that's what it's all about. So, and I like that, that that's basically been the, uh, the, uh, the term they've been going with lately has been hockey is for everyone. And it's true. And hopefully uh, even the hard headed, mean spirited, just you know, a- angry, bitter, sad people out there that take part in those racial yeah. slurs uh, and, and and every sport is for everybody. You know, yeah. growing up, I played basketball. That was my sport, guys. I used to get chirped all the time for being the white guy. You uh-huh. know, look at this yeah. skinny white guy on the court with us. You know, and so it goes out every way. But yeah. you know, I think that every single sport, everybody belongs in. You know, and it's it just hate to see that stuff happen. Yeah. Yeah, no, no question about that. Uh, briefly, before we get to Wednesday's card, obviously there was the big uh, tête-à-tête with the Oilers, Leon Dreisaitl oh, and the yeah. reporter, uh, Jim Matheson yesterday. They're both. We should call, save it for you know? Jimmy. I, I got to hear. I got to go at it with Jimmy on this. I wish Jimmy yeah. was here. <laughs> so the first thing that Le- Leon, first of all, when a reporter asks the question, the, 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 the it's not the reporter's right to get the answer he wants. All right, it's up to the player to say answer the question. As long as he answers the question. That's what matters. And sometimes you're not going to get the answer you want. So Leon saying, would you expand on it? What's our one issue? He said, no, uh, it's just his decision. He didn't really want to single out, I think, one area uh, of the team. But what Leon did after that, I don't know if that was necessary for him to do the you know everything line. And I think that's what kind of you know set off Jim Matheson. But at the same time, Matheson's been doing this for 40 years. Now, he does deserve some kind of, you know, you know, veteran, I guess, you know, hockey Hall of Fame stature reporter. He's answered, he's asking questions of Paul Coffey, Mark Messier, Wayne Gretzky, Yari Curry of the Oilers back in the 80s. That's how long he's been at it. But for him to actually come out back and say, why are you so pissy? That's bad. Okay, that's a terrible thing to come back with for him. All right. And he's got to be a little bit more mature and better than that. All right. At that point. So that's when things started to get contentious there. And then that follow up question was a joke of a question. Let's be honest. You know, uh, you're showing how mad you are and frustrated you are on the ice with us. So what's he supposed to do, Jim? Smile when things aren't go- are going poorly. What's he supposed to do? Smile and just, you know, clap and be all full of glee now on the ice whenever the Oilers are losing a game. Is that what he's supposed to do? I mean, it was a ridiculous question. And, and I understand why Leon was upset with that and then said, yeah, I guess it's, it's definitely the good thing to do. Uh, me being frustrated like that, but they're both at fault. You know, I think Leon could have avoided saying, you know, you know, everything, because I think that's what got under Matheson, but Matheson come, should just, you know what, say, move on to the next question and ask his next question. The, why are you so pissy? That's treating them like a little kid. All right. That's treating them like a little kid. Like you yeah. want to spank him or something, or you want to punish him or something like a parent trying to, you know, reprimand their child. That's ridiculous. He's still a man. He's a professional hockey player. You got to treat him like an adult. And Jim Matheson didn't do that with that remark of, are you pissy? 
you know, why are you always so pissy? You know, it's just not good for him. I think he was more at fault, but Leon kind of turned that whole back and forth into a bit of a confrontational one as well with him at first saying, you know, that, uh, you know, you know, everything when he uh, answered that question about what's the one area that the Oilers need to get at. But yeah, just a, uh, Hey, it is what it is. It's tense times. The vultures are circling. Edmonton's playing horrendous hockey and look, the heat gets turned up in times like this when a team is uh, struggling. Yeah. Jimmy would be a great person to discuss this with because he's the, uh, in he's the reporter. He's the one that's reporting on hockey. It's not the three of us. Well, Did you see his Twitter last night? He was defending Uh, him. And, yeah. and then I actually went – and the thing is, I, one thing I love about Jimmy, and I, he's not here to hear this, but I'll say this straight up. I think that Jimmy will if, – if he believes passionately about something, if you give him a respectful manner back, he'll listen. And, like, I, I – from my take is on both sides. I could see both ways. But anybody that tries to troll Jimmy back, he doesn't, he doesn't like, let them punk him. And I love that. So whenever I disagree with something – I just try and like be as professional and as polite as I can, you know, in response. And I gave something to Jimmy and he said, fair point back to me on Twitter. And my point, I didn't mean to jump in, Alex, I'll, I'll get, get your thoughts. But my, my whole thing was the second question is what pissed me off the most. Everyone's all under wrap about the first part. Let's forget about that first part for a second. Like Ian said, the second question is ludicrous. I mean, hey, I was talking with Morenzi last night, and he pretty much said he thought the second question was almost a gotcha to get you back. But, hey, you know, you were really showing your frustration to the other team. Is that something you want to do? What the fuck? What the hell is that? Like, he's like, he, that's what- he supposed to smile. You yeah. want him to be happy out there? Settle said, yeah, man, right. I do. Like, what? That's yeah. bull. That's so. But when he said, I'm not being pissy, I'm, I'm fine. I'm just answering your question. And then uh, Matheson said, yeah, you are. That to me was the fine. That's that's where the line drops. When when he yeah. said, oh, "You're being pissy," no, I'm not. Yeah, you are. They like, came back what? at him again. Yeah. What? No, that's that's Matheson looking for a soundbite. That's Matheson looking for Leon to say something and lose his shit in in front of everybody. That's what he's fishing for at, at that point. And that's when that's when all of a sudden at the beginning I didn't like what Leon did to get that rolling with the you know everything, but then Jim just piled on and I think he made it much worse. Yeah. Uh, than anything Leon did after that. So probably more blame on Jim, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, both are at fault. And to be honest with you too, his qu- initial question, which was what's the one area you think this team needs to be better at? The reason why I think, Le- there, first of all, Leon's not in- totally incorrect saying everything. There are a lot of issues right now. Depth scoring is nowhere to be found. You can't find anybody on a third or fourth line with a telescope on the ice in terms of putting a puck in the net right now for them. Their defense has been hit or miss, and their goaltending, let's be honest. Smith's been back from injury. He sucked. Koskinen's made multiple errors and gaffes lately. That's why they don't have confidence in him. And Stuart Skinner, in his one chance to show maybe he could be the guy moving forward, he just absolutely shits the bed in the third period against Ottawa uh, on Saturday night you know, and gives up a bunch of goals. So that's the thing. I mean, if you're going to say you probably Leon, if he thought about it, would probably say goaltending. And I'm sure most Edmonton players, but he's not going to say goaltending because you're centering out two or three guys on your team. And I don't think he wants to do that publicly because why? Because he's a leader and he's a good teammate and he's one of the leaders and he's not really going to be looking to throw a specific member or two of the team under the bus. 
which is what he would have done if he had said, oh, the goaltending's the number one problem we have right now. Oh, it's our third or fourth line not doing shit offensively for us right now. Like, what do you want him to say? That's why he probably said everything is wrong right now. We got multiple areas. Did you he see what Mark Mathot said? Any one person or one line yeah. or one defensive pair or two or three of his goalies under the bus. Because it's just not the right thing to do if you're going to be a good teammate. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. And like you said, you, you nailed it on the head, Ian, that, yeah, both of them are at fault for the, the way that they, they handle the situation. The kind of the alternate look I had with it was that, you know, if anything, he kind of teed up Leon to really, you know, address something and make it public, not necessarily just throw a, a certain group or anybody, but throw everybody under the bus, himself included, and kind of wake them up. Like, it, you know, he could have taken that time to be, obviously, McDavid's the, the captain and the end-all, be-all of this club, but but Dreisaitl's a leader there as well, and he could have taken uh, a kind of leadership approach and, 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 and you know, undressed everyone in, in a way if he wanted to go that route. Now, he chose not to, and then Matheson, like I said, just started piling on to him and kind of seems like maybe there's some kind of personal issue between the both of them. We don't know. I, I haven't paid attention to other press conferences between the two of them uh, before, but this might be stemming from just something else, not necessarily the frustrations of, of how the Oilers are playing uh, right at this very moment. So there, there's a lot to, to, to address with it. I kind of stayed out of it for the most part when I was reading it on Twitter. Because, Like I said, once I heard the quote, I'm like, yeah, well, they, they both were kind of at fault. They both seemed Exactly. Uh, a bit yeah. upset and, and it's understandable it's an upsetting situation you look at it, what everything that's going on in Edmonton this is a pileup of, of, of over a decade now this is not just one yeah. bad season so uh, you know things are getting to the boiling point now everybody's saying oh this is the reason why Edmonton, people don't want to come to Edmonton players don't want to sign here because of how the media treats them it's I have like, heard right? that though yeah I have heard that yeah I've heard that as well I've heard that for for a while and so you know it, it it's one of those things that it, it reminds me almost of of Chicago back in the day where you know players didn't want to go there either because they didn't want to deal with the bullshit with ownership they didn't want to, the media at one point they just stopped covering them all together but when they did it was mostly critical coverage so you know that's something Edmonton maybe not just it's, it's going deeper than the organization at this point maybe the media as well has kind of kind of look themselves in the mirror and say hey if we're going to create the environment a winning environment that we had 30 40 years ago we got to change everything from you know what's going on on the ice off the ice uh, and what's being said over the air. How we too. frame certain questions, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, everyone talks Toronto media, Montreal media. Edmonton media don't sleep on them in terms of how harsh and how brutal and how vicious they can be when things are going poorly. You've got these old timers like Terry Jones, like Jim Matheson. These are guys that ask tough questions. Mark Spector, you want no piece of him from Sportsnet when the Oilers are playing bad. That guy will be very, very hard on the players and the coach when things aren't going well. Uh, and he's covered the Oilers, I think, for over a decade or more now for Sportsnet. These are guys that will challenge players and coaches when things aren't going well with their questions and the media availability. So I would put Edmonton – I'd honestly – right now, and especially after yesterday what we saw, I'd put Edmonton guys right there, Toronto, Montreal, as tough as any media market uh, in the National Hockey League. Uh, no question about that. They've got guys that will just <laughs> – you know, the claws come out fangs come out uh, when things aren't going well uh, for uh, the hockey team and uh, definitely saw that yesterday. Uh, good stuff. A uh, good discussion. Let's turn to Wednesday. Now we got three games in the NHL. We'll start with the game. That's not nationally televised tonight. Uh, Arizona taking on New Jersey uh, to get it started. We've got the uh, New Jersey devils here currently around a uh, minus 185 home favorite total six uh, pretty much across the board uh, in this one. Uh, the Arizona Coyotes, look, we got to give Arizona some credit. 
I mean, obviously we know it's been a rough season for the most part for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. But right now, when you look at things, the way they've trended for this hockey team, they have been much more competitive lately. And in fact, you look at coming off the 5-2 win against Montreal, uh, you know, they did get shut out by Colorado, but they also in the first meeting in Denver took them to a shootout, beat Toronto behind the uh, great performance of Karel Vimelka uh, that night. So this has definitely been a more competitive squad lately, uh, Arizona. We'll see if they can follow up that 5-2 win against Montreal because here's the problem for Arizona. Following up a win with another has been uh, a problem, and it's been that way pretty much uh, all season here for uh, the Arizona uh, Coyotes, uh, and that's going to be uh, what you worry about here tonight. I mean, you look at the previous uh, games this season, they only have, I believe, one multi-game win streak this year that's it one time have they been able to win two in a row so it hasn't been pretty and you look at the last few times they were off a win they lose 5-3 to Edmonton they lose 5-2 to Minnesota off a win they lose 8-7 to San Jose off a win uh they lose 4-3 to Colorado in that shootout off the a win against Toronto so you know being able to follow up the win with another has been a problem this year and a concern for Arizona you've got Vimelka confirmed in net for them uh for uh New Jersey it looks like they should be uh, a little bit healthier here tonight uh for this game uh Sharon Govich is going to be back uh they might be able to get a couple of their defensemen uh Damon Severson uh, might be back here tonight for the uh, Devils as well uh Jesper Bratt uh, potentially uh, as well. These guys uh, will have to wait and see if they return, but they were trending toward uh, being back tonight for the uh, Devils. We'll see if that is indeed the case. The way I see it here is the one thing we have seen consistently from Arizona off a loss has been they've lost and they've given up goals. You know, that has been a problem. So I don't want to have any part. It's kind of like Buffalo, Ottawa, this game. I think New Jersey's in a good spot. They're off two losses. They're still better than Arizona who have had trouble winning multiple games in a row and following up a good game with another but I don't want to lay minus 185. I'm not going to lay minus 185, and I'm not going to take the regulation line either. I'm going to and hope for better results than what we saw with Ottawa yesterday with this bet, but I'm going to go with New Jersey here, team total, uh, over three and a half in this one, which you can get around plus 100 uh, in most spots. I think this New Jersey team capable of getting four goals or more on home ice uh, where they've been able to score uh, – a good amount lately. They've actually been good offensively at home lately. I think you'll see them get to four here. Don't have to worry then about winning the game. Just have to worry about uh, New Jersey scoring four goals. I think they can do that tonight. So uh, for me, I'll be on Devils team total here over three and a half. Uh, Alex, what do you think here? Arizona, New Jersey. Yeah, I jumped right all over this and got the first period over. I laid a dollar twenty-five. I'm seeing a dollar thirty. It's a couple shops that have it around twenty-five dollar twenty-eight, but. Uh, it's just like I said, I feel like it's going to be goals. That's what we tend to see, like I said, the, the bounce of, of Arizona when they, you know, have these couple of games and they play well, then all of a sudden the floodgates open up. They start giving up a bunch of goals. Uh, and this is a New Jersey team. They've been one of the best in the first period over eight and two in their last 10, 22 of the last 37. Also a team that starts off pretty fast. Nine of the last 10 games, there's been a goal in the first 10 minutes. So. Uh, just rolling with those numbers alone. I think that's a decent price. I've been looking at, at a side out of the way, maybe the full game total as well. And like I said, I think Arizona's they're starting to find a little bit of uh, momentum where they can probably get some goals of their own, but you got to rely a lot on New Jersey. So it makes sense, uh, Ian, with you taking that, that team total. New Jersey, I think, should win this game and get the bulk of the scoring, but I think we'll get enough to get two in the first period. Arizona, by the way, off a of victory this year, they have in a game off a of victory, they have allowed their opponents an average of 4.6 goals per game in the next game. 
So that's what fits to me with this team total. If it, if that average, that's the average. They've allowed 4.6 goals per game in games following a win this year, Arizona. If they if they hit their average tonight, New Jer- if New Jersey hits that average, they get to four goals, obviously, tonight. And I think they've got a shot to do that. Andrew, what do you think here? Coyotes, Devils. It's mostly a pass for me in this one. Just the guys coming back from quarantine or injury and and – you know, Subban, we got guys like Hamilton out. And, and just to me, I think of a lot of teams in the league, I've noticed this Devils team is a whole different team when they've got even just one or two guys out. So, you know, if I was playing this game, I actually would look towards plus one and a half with the Yotes, but I'm not so sure they can keep up what they've been doing lately. So it's probably going to be a pass for me. Uh, but I don't think this is a blowout by any means for the Devils. Just my just my thoughts there. I hope you win your bet, Ian, because I'm probably not going to get involved. Uh, if I end up on the plus one and a half, I hope you win by one. <laughs> Arizona has been competitive lately. We'll see if that uh, continues uh, tonight in this one against uh, New Jersey. But uh, Devils back home uh, after a couple of losses in a row. I'd expect them to end to uh, be better here tonight and uh, uh, bounce back with the uh, win and probably get, like I say, I think they've got a chance to get to four goals tonight in this one. All right, the first of the two games on TNT. Uh, the doubleheader tonight on TNT, Toronto Maple Leafs, New York Rangers, Toronto minus 150 road favorites, five and a half the total uh, in this game. Uh, these two teams have had a slew of starts and stops throughout their uh, season lately. Both of these teams have been off since Saturday, so there's really no uh, situational or scheduling edge either way. I think this is a good thing for the Rangers because we always say it's difficult coming back home following that West Coast road trip. And for them, you know, they were in Anaheim. L.A., San Jose. They're actually in Vegas, Anaheim, L.A., San Jose. And then they actually went for a road game in Philly as well uh, on Saturday. And now they get three days to really you know, take a deep breath, recalibrate, being back home, being back in the Eastern time zone, all of that stuff. And I think it puts them in a better uh, situation here tonight than most teams normally would be when they're coming off that kind of uh, long uh, extended break. Uh, Rangers here uh, playing some good hockey overall. Uh, they are on a 6-2 and two run uh, in their last eight games. Toronto, of course, has been pretty solid as well. 6-5 win against St. Louis in their last game, albeit that was a very depleted, very shorthanded uh, Toronto Maple Leafs team. And a Leafs team that on their blue line tonight, a couple of key star, uh, defensemen not in the lineup tonight, Jake Muzzin, Justin Hall. Uh, so you're talking about two of your six starting defensemen. Uh, not playing tonight for the Leafs uh, in this game. Uh, New York Rangers have their a couple guys out. Dryden Hunt uh, has been missing the last uh, few games, uh, still questionable. And uh, Alexi Lafreniere uh, on uh, COVID protocol for the uh, Rangers. But uh, aside from that, uh, it looks like everybody should be accounted for and healthy uh, for the uh, Rangers uh, going into this game. Jack Campbell confirmed in net for the Leafs. Probably will be Igor Shosturkin, you would think, for the uh, New York Rangers, who, by the way, since he's been back, you haven't seen any rust whatsoever for this guy. Uh, he's been absolutely magnificent. I'm actually taking the Rangers here as a home dog. I think there's some value in this spot. I know Toronto has played decently on this road trip, but they've been kind of up and down the last few. They beat Edmonton. When you actually look at some of these wins, they beat Vegas when Vegas was shorthanded. They beat St. Louis when St. Louis was shorthanded. Remember, Shen Pareko, Tarasenko, uh, go on down. There were multiple key guys out for the Blues Saturday night when Toronto beat them. Same thing with when Toronto beat Vegas, a depleted team that night. And then the other wins were an Edmonton team that can't get out of their own way. Ottawa, Chicago, Columbus. You know what I mean? I mean, Toronto's been playing good hockey, but have they really played a Tampa or a Florida or a Carolina or a Rangers 
uh, during this stretch. Not as many of those teams, especially a team at full strength. Not only a great team, but a full strength team. So I think the Rangers have some value here as a home underdog in this one. I, I expect them to be have a shot here tonight, and you're going to get me plus 130 with this team on their home ice, where they have a very good record as well this year at home, 10-5. and five. And the last time they played Toronto, in Toronto they lost 2-1, to one, and it was a very even game. Could have went either way, coin flip. That's the way I see this. I see this as a very even game and a coin flip, but it's not necessarily being priced like a coin flip. You know what I mean? I mean, minus 150 yeah. here with Toronto on the road. So I'm going to grab the Rangers here, home dog at plus 130. Alex, uh, what do you think here? Good one on TNT, Leafs, Rangers. Oh, he's muted. There we go. You got hear me? We got you. All right, yeah. So, yeah, you mentioned that it's like this, uh, you know, last matchup between these two teams was basically a coin flip. And the way that I see this one going, it could be easy to be a coin flip as well. So I'm going to take the draw. Uh, I'm seeing plus 325, plus 330 with that. You know, like I said, the fact that the Rangers, they're coming back home, but they were at least on the East Coast in their last game. It's still questionable because, you you, you know, three days off, we talk about how that situation of just, you know, being on the road for a while, getting back and, and getting acclimated you know, over a couple of times and then having to play a good team like Toronto. I, I'm not comfortable playing them straight up. They, like I said, they could make it an even game. I don't know if they're going to just, you know, just come out guns blazing and, and put the screws to this Maple Leafs team that's been playing fairly well despite being shorthanded. He said get, we're able to gut out and get that win uh, in, in their last game. So it just it feels like this could be a back-and-forth battle. And teams just, you know, these two teams know how good they are, how talented they are. They're not going to be making a whole lot of mistakes. So I'm just going to stay with the draw here. I think this one will definitely go into OT, and we'll see what happens from there. And I think it's important to note about the, and that's another thing that concerns me for the Leafs tonight is that it's not only two defensemen out, Hall and Muzzin, they play together. They are a pair on that back end for the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. So you have a completely new pair of defensemen that are going to be playing with each other tonight uh, for the Leafs. I believe Sandine and Lilligren, and then you're going to get Alex Biega, who is with the Canucks. He's been with a couple of other teams. He's basically a journeyman defenseman. He's been around with a bunch of different teams, and that's who you've got now in the third pair. So there's some defensive depth that worries me for Toronto tonight and against a team that we know has got uh, multiple lines that can come at you in terms of uh, offense. Uh, so we'll see if the Leafs can cope. Again, shuffling on the defensive pairings tonight, maybe not necessarily a good thing considering the caliber of opponent you've got to play here uh, in this game. Andrew, what do you think here? Toronto, New York. Yeah, I mean, uh, last two times these two teams played, we saw a 2-1 scoreline, which is kind of unusual uh, to see. I mean, we've seen some close gains with both these teams. Um, you know, you got the top two goaltenders and goal save above average with Campbell and and uh, Shesterkin. I can't believe I'm doing it here, guys. I'm on over five and a half. I'm on the over. We got the Californian road trip. We got them finishing it off in Philadelphia. First game back here, it was a little bit of an up-and-down road trip. We got Toronto getting games canceled. We got a game against the St. Louis Blues where it was first of six goals wins. You know, I think we got a five-and-a-half here, two good goaltenders, no Justin Hall, no Jake Muzzin. Give me the over five-and-a-half here, guys. Yeah, over five-and-a-half. It's a, Again, with these uh, two teams, they're very capable. Often they've played tight games. The goaltending has been phenomenal in the two head-to-head -head meetings. Again, both of them two-to-one, and it kind of indicates the fact that maybe this is going to be – that's why I kind of like what Alex is thinking with the draw. It probably will be a close game uh, either way, uh, and uh, they just hope it's a different result. And Like we say, maybe the game does open up. Again, when you're talking about your second and your third pairing on defense for the Leafs being a completely new partnership here – 
that's when miscues and that's when breakdowns and that's when communication can become a problem and lead to some uh, problems at the back end defensively. So maybe that helps open this game up maybe more than the last two head-to-head uh, meetings were. I do know that the unders definitely taken a lot of money here because this was a this was a flat six when it opened, uh, and now we're seeing five and a half and just even money with that. So it's been a lot of under uh, money coming in in this game. But you're right, you don't get a five and a half always with Toronto. Uh, the ability to maybe take advantage of that could be worth it here uh, in this game with the Leafs and Rangers. All right, we got the final game, Colorado and Anaheim. We've got uh, Colorado minus 250, road favorites, six, six and a half, the total in this one. Um, I did play it over here at six. It's gone up to six and a half, so be careful now. I mean, it's I, I figured it would. That's why I bet it early this morning, over six minus 120, and it's definitely gone up a little bit here since then. But you know what we're doing with this Avalanche team. They have been, you know, look at the last uh, the last 10 games. There's not a single game that's gone below six goals. One game has. Uh, that was Arizona-Colorado, actually. Nine of the last ten have finished with at least six goals. Uh, I think it's a situation where we probably get that here in this one with uh, uh, Anaheim and Colorado. Uh, even with the uh, head-to-head uh, this year with these two teams, we had a 5-2 and a 4-2 game, both of them Colorado wins. Really, it's just as straightforward as that. Going to ride the... Uh, Colorado over train. It just continues to keep on going here, uh, going into this matchup here with the uh, Ducks uh, and the Avalanche. Pavel Francouz, by the way, will be in net here for uh, the uh, Colorado Avalanche. Darcy Kemper, upper body injury, and he left the game against Minnesota earlier this week. A little bit of a questionable hit there for Jordan Greenway uh, of the Minnesota Wild. You know, he breezed right through the crease there and got his elbow up on Kemper. It wasn't vicious, but it was unnecessary. You can tell he's trying to hit him. Uh, Curtis McDermott, great job by him, jumping in there, fighting him, dropping the gloves. You don't touch my goalie. You don't do that and think he can get away with it. So that was good to see. I love that kind of thing, and I know Alex does, right? You jump in, you fight someone after they run yep, your goalie. Uh, that was great to see that from McDermott uh, of the Avalanche in that game against Minnesota. Uh, on uh, Monday afternoon. That was a great hockey game, by the way. If you watch that game, terrific. Uh, makes you want to see maybe a playoff series with those two uh, in the spring, the Wild and the Avalanche. So I'm just going to keep it simple here. Colorado's scoring in bunches. I'm not necessarily sure Anaheim's the team that's going to slow them down uh, by any stretch of the imagination. Worth noting, too, for uh, Anaheim, uh, Pittsburgh scored four goals against them. Minnesota scored seven uh, against them. The Rangers scored four against them. You get my point, right? The better offensive teams, the better teams they've played have been able to find the back of the net. I think they will here. Anaheim, though, being at home, I think they can contribute to the scoreboard a little bit as well. So over the total, I got six, still recommended, even up to six and a half now. Alex, uh, Colorado, Anaheim. Yeah, I'm more than likely to jump in and grab six. I'll grab it live in game. I, I'm seeing it as a couple of places laying a dollar thirty. But uh, with that being said, I could probably get you know maybe a, a plus price or maybe even get lucky and lay a dollar thirty or dollar thirty-five with a five and a half if there's no scoring right away. But like you said, the only thing you can look at here with this Colorado team, uh, they're playing like they're supposed to be playing now. They won eight of the last nine, and I guess you could say the same thing about Anaheim. They they're kind of reverting back to the form that we expected at the beginning of the year. They've lost eight of their last 10 games. Uh, they've been competitive. Like I said, they, they found ways to score, but they just can't find ways to uh, get enough to get wins here. I don't think that's going to change tonight here with Colorado. So I'll, I'll jump in with the over, but I'll get it adjusted uh, with a better price in game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, and they've got a, they're riddled right now a little bit. Anaheim, Troy Terry's on IR, Adam Henrique's on IR and multiple defensemen, Mahura, Josh Manson, Cam Fowler on the blue line out, Anthony Stolarz, 
uh, is out as well for the uh, in protocol, at least for the uh, Anaheim Ducks. And thank goodness it looks like John Gibson, you know, from COVID protocols off that list and was at practice uh, yesterday uh, for Anaheim. But, you know, it, it, it hasn't been confirmed yet. So there is a chance it's Lucas Dostal. Uh, the young kid uh, tonight for the Ducks. It'll be Gibson or Dostal. We don't know who yet, but it'll be one of those uh, two guys in net. And let's be honest, for Gibson, if it is him, I'm I'm fine with the over. He's got, you know, okay numbers, 2.64917 save percentage, but he's not been necessarily as good as he's been in years past here for Anaheim. And he hasn't started in a while as well, uh, John Gibson. You go back and you look, uh, the last time we've seen Gibson start in a game was January 4th against Philadelphia, you know, over two weeks ago. It's been a little bit of a respite for him, and sometimes you don't see goalies sharp that first game when they've been off that long. Andrew, what do you think here? Colorado, Anaheim. I'm not not one to usually look at this stuff, guys, but if you take a look at the movement here, there's a lot of money that came in from uh, sharp players on the Ducks. There's definitely been some movement here in this game. I wanted to mention as well something I've been saying with Vegas and Colorado, uh, several teams actually, but those two teams in particular I followed, uh, their team totals, I mean, you know, you talk about over in general, but if I asked you guys, if you're taking the over in this game, what you expect the score to be, you know, it's probably this team covering their team total as well, you know? And, and that's the thing. If, you know, anybody willing to lay the money line with Colorado tonight, I'll just shake my head because if they win this game, they're going to win, you know, scoring four goals and Anaheim to me, I think they're correlated with the under. So I think if you like them, I'd do a half bet money line half under because chances are Anaheim won't win if this game is first to five. So if I'm playing this game, I'm looking at the fact that in the last eight wins out of 10 for Colorado, they've hit their team total uh, all eight times. And that's where I'd look is the team total in this game. But I'm telling you what, I think that if you like the over in this game, I say just take Colorado on the puck line because right now Anaheim, you know, I've been saying this all day on shows and I, I just hate to sound like that kind of guy saying this stuff, but. I'm pretty proud of, of me noticing that bet on Anaheim to miss the playoffs. It was plus 110 at one point. Then I got it at minus 140. Guys, that's upwards of minus 250 now uh, for them to miss the playoffs. I mean, the, the, the world is crashing for this Ducks team. Everyone is seeing, the bookmakers are seeing what's going to happen to them coming up here. I think they're going to turn back into an under team, you know, rely on Gibson, rely on Stolars. So I, I, I genuinely think if you like the over in this game, I think that people should just look towards Colorado itself or the team total. why rely on the ducks you know and and i could be completely wrong and the ducks could show out but i just think in this game in particular i'm not really trying to you know and I, i'm not trying to dismiss what, what you guys were saying or what you were saying there ian with your over i just think that if you like the over you might as well just take team total on, on colorado yeah anaheim has scored a little bit more at home on the road they've been really really sketchy scoring goals i mean definitely but at home they've been a little bit better and they were talking about you know fixing some things in the terms of their breakouts and in terms of their, you know, transitioning the puck and their power play following this loss. I mean, to Chicago, that's, this is what they've yes, been talking yes, about. So yes. I'd expect them to focus at that end of the ice after that shutout loss. They've been a little bit better offensively. And I'm just looking for a couple of goals from them, which I think they're capable of getting here tonight, especially against Francois, who's still, you know, not exactly been one of those guys that's been playing every other day yes. uh, this season. Uh, could find the back of the net there. And Colorado's definitely, I wouldn't talk, no, it's a lot of juice. It's minus 150 with that team total for Colorado, three and a half. But, I mean, they've been four goals or more in all but uh, one game, I believe, their last 10, uh, Colorado. So and How about been, the McKinnon shot prop? If you can get him over three uh, and a half. I took him over four and a half the other day, Ian. It's unbelievable right now, this guy. Six, seven, eight, nine. 
He's just shooting, shooting, shooting. Shoot or shoot, and that's what he's doing. Actually, it's four goals or more for Colorado in 10 straight games uh, wow. going into this one. So uh, that is definitely, uh, you know, three and a half the team total. Uh, yeah, you know it's over or pass for me. I like the full game over. I'll probably bet that one a little. Uh, but again, I, I don't love the price. That's the only issue. It's minus 150. That's pretty high, pretty rich, yeah. but warranted. Uh, all, and you still can cash it if they get to four goals with that Colorado uh, team total uh, over three and a half. Uh, all right. Uh, great stuff here from Alex and uh, Andrew here on another edition of the Ice Guys. We'll get to uh, best bets uh, in just a second. Reminder, those of you watching on YouTube, hit the like button. Uh, we appreciate that. Uh, if you are watching the Ice Guys, it definitely helps us out. Uh, we'll get to best bets, of course, uh, in just a second. But before we do that, want to talk DraftKings Sportsbook. We're on to the divisional round now of the NFL playoffs and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL, is celebrating with a huge odds boost for new customers. Counting down to Super Bowl 56, new customers can get 56 to 1 odds on any team, bet just $5 and get $280 in free bets if your team wins. If DraftKings Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, you can still get in on the action in the divisional round of the NFL playoffs and play for huge cash prizes with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Football Contest. DraftKings giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Get 56 to 1 odds on any NFL team. Bet just $5 and win $280 in free bets if your team wins. That's promo code THPN for 56 to 1 odds at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 years of age or older. Must reside in a DraftKings Sportsbook state. New customers only. Minimum $5 deposit and $1 wager required. One per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Download the DraftKings app, sign up for an account, and use the promo code THPN. All right. Best bets to wrap up the Wednesday show. Three games to choose from. Light card as it usually is on Wednesday with two national TV games on TNT with the Toronto-New York Rangers game and Colorado-Anaheim after that. Uh, Alex, we'll start with you. What do you like for best bet? Yeah, we'll just go on with the first period over with Arizona and New Jersey. Like, say, find that uh, one and a half goals, laying a dollar thirty. And so we see Arizona, as soon as they get a win, they tend to uh, revert back in the worst way, giving up goals. And New Jersey getting guys back, they should be able to find some goals there as well. So we'll go over one and a half in the first period with Arizona and New Jersey tonight. There you go. Over one and a half. Coyotes, Devils, first period for Alex B. Smith with his best bet. Uh, Andrew, best bet. Yeah, we got two good goalies with Campbell and uh, Shostarkin, but I think the spot uh, lines up for an over here. Five and a half, uh, Rangers and Leafs. No Hall or Muzzin. I think we'll see some goals here. All right, Leafs-Rangers over five and a half. Uh, Andrew McGinnis with his uh, best bet. Uh, my best bet is going to be, I'm going to go dog here. New York Rangers plus 130 against the uh, Toronto Maple Leafs. I think it's uh, uh, back home. They've had time, though. Alex mentioned they had the game in Philly, which was Saturday, and now three days off. I don't think that, you know, jet lag and that, you know, just traveling everywhere in the West Coast is going to be as big of a factor now with the days off following that game. Again, Toronto, your entire starting, your second pair on defense is out tonight for the Toronto Maple Leafs. I think they could feel the effects of that here tonight uh, against the uh, Rangers. And I think New York finds a way to get the uh, win. They lost the last game they played head-to-head against Toronto, and I think they... Get some payback tonight and a good price, too, and what I think should be lined closer to even money. New York Rangers, plus 130, home underdogs against the Toronto Maple Leafs for my best bet on this Wednesday so, NHL card. And so basically, wrap- we need to, 
Basically, we need a 4-3 Rangers overtime win, and all three of us will cash. <laughs> there you go. That's perfect. 4-3. That's exactly. 4-3 uh, Rangers in overtime, and a- Alex will have his draw. Andrew will have his over, and I'll have my Rangers uh, win. Yeah. So let's hope that for that That would be awesome. That would yeah. be so cool. And I'm always, I know, I'll always love it when it's a Wednesday night and it's a TNT night because that crew is – terrific together yeah i'm yeah. looking forward to i always find it funny alex if i'm if i'm last in the order of going and on other shows too it's like you hear two other people give their thoughts and it's like damn well how can i say what i want for them to hopefully also win too you know what i mean <laughs> exactly yeah there's nothing worse than doing a show and then the person before you loves a side and you're on the other end and they yeah. just got yeah. on for like five minutes why they love their side. And then you're just like, and you've got to uh, basically convince others why they're wrong. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and, we're, and we're all friends here, but it's like, yeah, we're right. not going to be on the same page every day, you know? Yeah, yeah that's true. <laughs> no, I, I find we, we have differences, but we're also on the same page quite a bit, probably more yeah. often than not. But yeah, uh, there's no doubt that uh, once in a while there'll be uh, a difference of opinion. But uh, usually when we're on the same side, actually, it does work out, it seems, yeah. more often yeah. than not. I find I always used to say, uh oh, look out. You know, everybody on the same side, that's not good. But I find this year it's actually been pretty good for the most part when we've all liked a certain uh, side or total. So there we go. Uh, That's the Wednesday NHL show. Uh, We thank everybody for joining us. Hit the like button if you're watching on YouTube. And a reminder, as always, the Ice Guys is live seven days a week on YouTube. Monday to Friday, 2 p.m. Eastern, Saturday and Sunday, noon Eastern. If you can't watch the show live, download the Ice Guys podcast in audio form on all major podcast platforms, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Download the Ice Guys podcast when you can't watch the show live. For Andrew McGinnis and Alex B. Smith, I'm Ian Cameron. Have a great Wednesday night. Enjoy the games and good luck, and we'll talk to you again tomorrow on Thursday. Big Thursday card coming up tomorrow. Uh, Make sure you join us for it. The Thursday edition of the Ice Guys right here, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. 